from Anchor FM. Int, 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 intro. Hello, and welcome to Serrated Edge. Luke has been being weird again. Oh, so, come on! So is everyone. Come on, YouTube. Anyway, today, Luke... Stop playing with my dog. Uh, anyway, today, Luke is going to be reading George's Marvelous Medicine by Roald Dahl. Anyway, see you after the tape goes into the tape player. Bye. Anyway, um, I'm actually going to read it. He wanted me to read it, and he's excited about my new belt. Well, his new belt. Well, it used to be my belt, and I gave it to him. He's trying it on. But he doesn't have any belt loops. I told him that's his button. I'm not trying it on. Okay, anyway. Chapter 10. A crane for Grandma. Grandma, from high up on the rooftop, could see everything that was going on, and she didn't like what she saw. She, want, she wanted to be the center of attention, and nobody was taking the slightest notice of her. George and Mr. Cranky were running around and getting excited about the enormous animals. Wait, please stop. Uh, Mrs. Cranky was washing up in the kitchen and Grandma was all alone on the rooftop. Hey, you! She yelled, George, get me a cup of tea this minute, you idle little beast! Don't listen to the old goat, Mr. Cranky said. She's stuck where she is and it's a good thing, too. But we can't leave her up there, Dad. George said, what if it rains? George! Grammy yelled. Oh, you horrible little boy! You disgusting little worm! Fetch me a cup of tea at once and get me a slice of currant cake. We'll have to get her out, 
Dad, George said, she won't give us any peace if we don't. Mr. Cranky came outside, and Mrs. Cranky came outside, and she agreed with George. She's my own mother, she said. She's a pain in the neck, Mr. Cranky said. I don't care, Mr. Cranky said. I'm not leaving my own mother sticking up through the roof for the rest of her life. So in the end, Mr. Cranky telephoned the crane company and asked them to send their biggest crane out to the house at once. Wait, can you stop making noise? The crane arrived one hour later. It was on wheels and there were two men inside. The crane men climbed up onto the roof and put ropes under Grandma's arms. Then she was lifted right up through the roof. In a way, the medicine had done Grandma good. It, it it had made her, it had not made her any less grumpy or bad tempered, but it seemed to have cured her of all her aches and pains, and she was suddenly as frisky as a ferret. As soon as the crane had lowered her to the ground, she ran over to George's huge pony, Jack Frost, and jumped onto his back. This ancient old hag, who's now as tall as a horse, a house then galloped about the farm on the gigantic pony, jumping over trees and sheds and shouting, Out of my way! Clear the decks! Stand back! All you miserable midgets or I'll trample you to death! And other silly things like that. But because Grandma was now much too tall to get back in into the house, she had to sleep that night in the hay barn with the mice and the rats. Since we have a lot of time, I am going to read chapter 11, Mr. Cranky's Great Idea. Hey, like, can you give me a blanket? I'm getting cold because of the AC. Actually, never mind. Anywho, the next day, George's father came down to breakfast in a state of greater excitement than ever. I've been awake all night thinking about it, he cried. About what, Dad? George said. About your marvelous medicine, of course. We can't stop now, my boy. We must start making more of it at once. More and more and more. The giant saucepan had been completely emptied the day before because there had been so many sheep and pigs and cows and bullocks to be dosed. But why do we need more, Dad? George asked. We've done all our own animals, and we've made Grandma feel as frisky as a ferret, even though she does have to sleep in the barn. My dear boy, cried Mr. Tilly Cranky, we need barrels and barrels of it, tons and tons. Then we will sell it to every farmer in the world, so that all of them can have giant animals. We will build a marvelous medicine factory and sell the stuff in bottles at five pounds a time. We will become rich, and you will become famous. Wait a minute, Dad. George said. There's no waiting, cried Mr. Cranky, working himself so much that he put butter in his coffee and milk on his toast. Don't you understand what this tremendous invention of yours is going to do to the world? Nobody will ever go hungry again. Why won't they, asked George. Because one giant cow will give 50 buckets of milk a day, cried Mr. Cranky, waving his arms. One giant chicken will make a hundred fried chicken dinners, and one giant pig will give you a thousand pork chops. It's tremendous, my dear boy. It's fantastic. It'll change the world. But wait a minute, Dad, George 
said again. Don't keep saying wait a minute, shouted Mr. Cranky. There isn't a minute to wait. We must get cracking at once. Do calm down, my dear, Miss Cranky said from the other end of the table, and stop putting marmalade on corn flakes. To heck with my corn flakes, cried Mr. Cranky, leaping up from his chair. Come on, George, let's get going. And the first thing we'll do is to make one more saucepan full as a test. But, Dad, said little George, the trouble is, there won't be any trouble, my boy, cried Mr. Cranky. How can there possibly be any trouble? All you gotta do is put the same stuff into the saucepan as you did yesterday. And while you're doing it, I'll write down each and every item. That's how we'll get the magic recipe. But, Dad, George said, please listen to me. Why don't you listen to him, Mrs. Cranky said. The boy's trying to tell you something. But Mr. Cranky was too excited to listen to anyone except himself. And then, he cried, when the new mixture is ready, we'll test it out on an old hen just to make absolutely sure we've got it right. And after that, we'll wash out her and build the giant factory. But, Dad, come on then, what is it you want to say? I can't possibly remember all the hundreds of things I put in, into the saucepan to make the medicine, George said. Of course you can, my dear boy, cried Mr. Cranky. I'll help you. I'll jog your memory. You'll get it in the end. You'll see if you don't. Now then, what was the very first thing you put in? I went out to the bathroom first, George said. I used a lot of things in the bathroom and on Mommy's dressing table. Come on, then, cried Mr. Killy Cranky. Up we go to the bathroom. When they got there, they found, of course, a whole lot of empty tubes and empty aerosols and empty bottles. That's great, said Mr. Cranky. That tells us exactly what you use. If anything is empty, it means you use it. So Mr. Cranky started making a list of everything that was empty in the bathroom. Then they went to Mrs. Cranky's dressing table. A box of powder, said Mr. Cranky, writing it down. How was Harrison? Flowers of turnips perfume. Terrific. This is going to be easy. Where did you go next? To the laundry room, George said. But are you sure you haven't missed anything up up out here, Dad? That's up to you, my boy, said Mr. Cranky Mr. Cranky said. Have I? I don't think so, George said. So down they went to the laundry room. And once again, Mr. Cranky wrote down all the names of all the empty bottles and cans. My goodness me, what a mass of stuff you use, said Dad. No wonder it did magic things. Is that the law? No, Dad, it's not, George said. And he led his father out to the shed where the animal medicines were and kept, were kept and showed him the five big empty bottles up on the shelf. Mr. Cranky wrote down all their names. Anything else, Mr. Cranky asked Little George scratched his head and thought and thought, but he couldn't remember having put anything else in. Mr. Kelly Cranky leapt into his car and drove down to the village and bought new bottles and tubes and cans of everything on his list. He then went to the vet and got a fresh supply of all the animal medicines George had used. Now show me how you did it, George, he said. Come along, show me exactly how you mixed them all together. And that is our show.
This episode was produced by Gavin Snyder. It was narrated by Gavin Snyder. I was lying in my bed reading The Hobbit for most of the show. Anywho, see you next time.